Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call and talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is July 1st, 2018. This is the 52nd episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, a new hamster Overwatch hero in our headline roundup. Our main topic is Google's reported interest in game hardware. And then we will get to your calls if you are tuning in live on Discord. A little bit of housekeeping for you in case you have missed it. Show Me Your News is back. This time to cover Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So SMYN Ultimate is a go. Uh, recording our third episode this weekend. So... Hopefully by the time this is out there, you get to hear that. Uh, guest this week is the very first contributor we ever had on the original Show Me Your News back in the day. So we are looking forward to catching up with him and seeing what he is doing. Uh, it's been an interesting week in games, certainly. So there's lots to talk about. Let's talk about those stories in our headline roundup. The PS Plus and Xbox Live Gold games have been announced for July 2018. We start with Sony with PlayStation Plus. PlayStation 4 games are Heavy Rain, the David Cage Quantic Dream murder mystery originally from 2010. I think it's his best game overall. I do recommend that. If, if David Cage has to write anything, have it be murder mysteries. I think when he starts to branch out from there, that's where it gets a little bit strange uh but yeah keep it to murder mysteries heavy rain is is fun there's some weird leaps in logic but it's overall a good time and uh, a fun narrative adventure game so definitely check that one out interesting i already owned it on ps4 i bought the digital deluxe version of detroit become human which came with heavy rain for free so combining that with the previous month's beyond two souls uh, definitely lining up some david cage games there on ps4 and then also absolver is on PlayStation 4. It's like an online melee action sort of game, so uh, that should be interesting. Kind of develop your own fighting style there. Other games on PlayStation 3, Rayman 3 HD, also on PlayStation 3, Deception 4, The Nightmare Princess. You have Space Overlords on Vita, and also Zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma on PlayStation Vita. Uh, I am partial to the Zero Escape series, so it I find it interesting that Zero Time Dilemma pops up there. Uh, if it interests you at all, this is the third game in a trilogy. So don't just go into this one. Uh, there is 999, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors, and uh, or Zero Escape 999, however they're branding it. That was originally on DS. It's gone through some iterations and then Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward is the middle game in that series. Those first two are kind of repackaged in what was recently released as Zero Escape The Nonary Games. So if you're interested in checking those out before Zero Time Dilemma, uh, I certainly recommend doing so. So I find it interesting that two games uh, on this list are ones that I already own. But overall, it's, it's a pretty good month uh, for those that are looking for just games overall on PlayStation Plus. On the Xbox Live Gold side, it's a little more indie-focused on Xbox One, starting with Assault Android Cactus, kind of a, a top-down twin-stick shooter sort of game, available throughout the month of July on Xbox One. Then Death Squared is a kind of 
puzzle sort of game, puzzle platformer-like game with, with cubes. Also on Xbox One, this is through July 16th through August 15th, so the back half and start half of the month there. On Xbox 360, Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown. Of course, you know, it's a classic fighting game there. That's from the first half of July for the 1st to the 15th. And then Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Conviction, also on Xbox 360, in the back half of July, the 16th through the 31st. The Xbox 360 games, of course, also playable on Xbox One through backwards compatibility. A new Overwatch hero has been announced, and it was an interesting little reveal video. Uh, I guess Overwatch players had known about a, a mech sort of fighter, kind of a ball that would have kind of turrets for guns. But we see the reveal video, and a hamster is behind the mech. He is called Hammond. Uh, it's interesting that a Reddit user, about a day or so before the video went live, kind of put things together and figured out and kind of shocked the Overwatch community that Hammond is a hamster. Uh, an interesting play on those fans of the British Top Gear program. Uh, you know, Hammond the hamster. Uh, so that's that's a neat little thing there. I guess he's out on the, the test server now on PC, so go give him a try as he, he runs around like a ball in that mech, perhaps? Uh, it's it's quite the character. Uh, it just adds more life into Overwatch, and, and what a remarkable continuation of just new characters, new balance patches, uh, continue the game to grow as a service. Uh, kudos to Blizzard there, for sure. PUBG Corp in Korea there have dropped their lawsuit against Epic for Fortnite copyright uh, theft there. We had the story about a month or two ago where there was the lawsuit and we wondered uh, what is US copyright law different than what it is in Korea? Korea had the lawsuit filed there. Uh, well, it looks like no longer. Uh, maybe they've uh, come to the senses after the backlash that you're not gonna win this one. You probably just have to do better player unknowns battlegrounds at developing your game because uh, Fortnite not only taking the world by storm, but showing how a live game is done with those seasons, with those additions to their world. Uh, just a lot of interest going right now for Fortnite. And it actually kind of takes me back to my game industry predictions that I, I made at the start of 2018. And if I recall correctly, I, I said for one of them, like PUBG won't be the most popular uh, Battle Royale by year's end, but it'll still have the most Steam concurrence. And of course, that seems to be playing out so far, if that is indeed what I said, and it holds true because, of course, Fortnite is not built through Steam. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it continues, especially uh, the big development with that so far, as we mentioned last time, is the, the PS4, the Epic account blocking and the crossplay that goes along with it. Uh, no news yet really on that front, except, you know, Sean Layden was at a conference and he said, uh, we're trying to look at options. We, we've seen the feedback. We're trying to come up with something that, you know, works for the game industry and for our business, uh, but really nothing beyond that. That'll be, I think, the next big front as far as Fortnite goes. But uh, PUBG really has to continue developing their game and not trying to litigate sort of competitors, if that makes sense. Mario Tennis Aces has had a pretty successful launch so far in the last week or so. Uh, people definitely knocking the adventure mode, uh, but overall really enjoying the tennis gameplay. An update is now out for the 
match tweaking difficulty in the adventure mode. So hopefully that makes things a little easier. And then also giving online player rankings. The big news though, they announced three downloadable content characters, uh, playable characters in the fall. And those are Diddy Kong, Koopa Paratroopa, and Birdo. I think the real question is why no Dry Bones? Uh, I know the internet loves Waluigi, but Dry Bones is right there in the tutorial and you can't give him a, a playable character spot. That's that's really a shame. But good that, again, Nintendo is embracing DLC and I think they're free updates. Uh, they haven't really announced a sort of season pass for Mario Tennis Aces, but it's good that they continue to support that game in the months to come. Halo has been confirmed to go as a greenlit TV series for Showtime. Uh, they've been greenlit for 10 episodes and Showtime is calling it their most ambitious series ever. Uh, I guess the executive producer, writer, and showrunner will be Kyle Killen, who worked on a, a murder mystery sort of serial that was in 2012 on NBC called Awake with a kind of a detective who's in two timelines there. Uh, but then Rupert Wyatt, who recently directed Rise of the Planet of the Apes, will be directing multiple episodes. Uh, no real comment on where this takes place in the Halo chronology, if there's going to be a retelling of the first game. Uh, they just kind of said, it's like, oh, it's the 26th century, and it'll be humanity versus aliens called the Covenant and a battle and have heart to it. And it's like, okay, but we'll, we'll see how, how this happens. But good to know that it's, it is a go. After, you know, rumors of Steven Spielberg being involved in things for a long time, it's it's nice to see progress uh, on something like this. And finally, SGDQ raised $2.12 million for Doctors Without Borders. Uh, this is the speedrunning marathon that happens whether it's SGDQ or AGDQ, you know, summer games or awesome games done quick. Uh, always fantastic to see. I'm, I'm a bit... A shame that I didn't mention it in last week's show. Uh, it really snuck up on me. I could have sworn it was the next week, uh, but that is now over. Go check our show notes. Uh, there's the Reddit link, of course, that always has the sort of runs, links to all of those after the fact. Uh, the ones I got to tune in for in particular and watched all the way through, uh, Metal Gear Solid, The Twin Snakes. Guy went on extreme difficulty and, and got big boss ranking. Uh, that was fantastic. You know, shows great knowledge of the game. And then there was a Super Mario 64 70 star run, uh, a race actually, between two players. That was very close and just a lot of great skill there. But, you know, check out your favorite game if it made the schedule. Uh, always impressive skill and, and a great cause uh, to have gamers kind of gather around the, the games done quick marathons. Let's get to our main topic, though. Uh, interesting report coming from Kotaku, and it sounds like it's been the scuttlebutt in the rumor industry for the, the last little while in the games industry, because uh, a lot of insiders were talking about, like, oh, we're, we're talking about this in public now. Okay. Uh, Jason Schreier with a report from Kotaku that mentions that Google is planning a game platform possibly to rival PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, it's a interesting article. I do recommend reading the whole thing, but if you have not yet, uh, the key point here is this quote. What we have heard is that it's a three-pronged approach. One, some sort of streaming platform. Two, some sort of hardware. And three, an attempt to bring game developers under the Google umbrella whether through aggressive recruiting or even major acquisitions. That's the word from five people who have either been briefed on Google's plans 
or heard about them secondhand, end quote. Uh, yeah, and you're, you're hearing people talk a little bit more about this. Uh, now, the article does present interesting counterpoints. Uh, first of all, of course, if it is going to be a streaming platform, the idea that the internet infrastructure is not that viable nationwide in the United States for streaming to be the primary means of play. Uh, now, if this is two, three years down the road, uh, we'll see. But if we're talking about net neutrality and things like that, that uh, those struggles politically may not help or accelerate uh, you know, broadband internet growth nationwide, especially in rural areas. Uh, so that's an important point. If we're going to talk about streaming being the way of the gaming future, especially when you have Eve Gilmo saying at E3 that we expect one more generation of consoles, but then it's going to be streaming there on out. Or EA is setting up Origin Access Premiere and saying we're going to look for playing all of our games on all sorts of devices and screens. Uh, you know, it's it does seem to be the way that the industry is going, but is the infrastructure in the United States and worldwide, is it ready for that? I mean, we saw things like OnLive and other uh, overall platforms that tried this in the years past and start up and fail. And that does bring up the interesting point also that the article presents that Google has a history of starting projects and dropping them, uh, whether it's Glass, whether it's Wave, uh, you know, different things here and there. Google, you know, does have the capital to start things, but it may not catch on so much. And then when we see a, a big tech a company that has enough capital like Google, we look at Amazon and Amazon has tried to enter, you know, it put its hands and fingers in the games industry. Uh, first of all, primarily with the acquisition of Twitch, of course, uh, you know, Google was rumored to buy Twitch and then Amazon came in and, and scooped up Twitch and they've done good things for that platform. Certainly uh, as, whereas, you know, Google is trying to push YouTube gaming and things like that. Uh, but Amazon when it comes to buying developers and the rumors that Google wants to do something similar. I mean, Amazon bought Double Helix uh, after their work on Killer Instinct, trying to make a game called Breakaway for like an online multiplayer game. And I think that got canceled, if not delayed heavily. Uh, so Amazon has not really picked things up there, you know, despite their possible efforts of if they want to make something like a Fire TV that is like a game streaming console. I'm sure once the industry picks up on that idea, that's something that they can do with their, their Fire platform. Uh, but Google going into this, uh, it makes for interesting discussions and thoughts. Uh, if you want my take on the whole thing, uh, I think that Google would be best suited for the growth in the VR industry. Uh, Google has you know their Daydream platform, which is kind of like the goggles in a way that holds, you know, phones that are, are daydream compatible, things like that. They have YouTube already as the video platform that can support VR video. Um, so what's to say that they could make a kind of comprised VR system like this, just for the heads up display in a way, uh, but make it really small, not, not give it all, you know, sort of phone compatibility, but support VR like that. Uh, could this thing also combine that streaming technology? Could it be two things in one? I think, you know, as the whole streaming games thing catches on, as the technology grows, I think, you know, Google could be a player, uh, but I think 
based on where they're at right now with their current technology and what seems to be working, why not VR and streaming? Um, you know, leave Sony and Microsoft for some of the, the bigger things, though the article does bring up an interesting point. They, they as a test sort of case, they say, imagine The Witcher 3 running on a tab of Google Chrome. I mean, certainly is appealing, uh, but can you make it really work? Uh, I think, though, that if any tech company could make this kind of splash, it would be Google. Uh, we look back in you know, 2000, 2001, and Microsoft entering the game industry seemed like a crazy notion. But again, a big company at the time that threw Windows had a ton of money to do so. Uh, so I think that if, a, if any new player entered this industry, it would be a tech company that is just rife and full with cash, and that would be Google. I think, though, if I were just, you know, just an opinion maker here, uh, I would say combine not only streaming with VR. Uh, if VR does not catch on, have streaming as the backup here, but you already have the Daydream platform, use something like that. I think that would be probably of most interest in growth of the games industry. So that's what I have to say. At this point in the show, this would be where we'd break have a little you know, music interlude. I, I'd get callers to call in for the show. Uh, no one is here, though, in our Discord at the moment. So, of course, uh, this is where you could be listening live, going to rhymeswithasia.com slash call. I announce ahead of time when we're recording, uh, do social media. And, oh, boy, and we had a storm rolling in. Or the you know, 4th of July fireworks early, uh, either one. But uh, yeah, do keep in mind that, yeah, we're we're kind of starting this up. And it's it's a really interesting idea i think and a uh, way to get ideas flowing out there but you need to tune in live uh, that's that's an important thing we're calling it almost like a a sports talk radio show but we're talking about games anything is on the table it could be you know the main topic it could be one of the headlines or just whatever you're playing recently uh, anything's on the table there so let's move on then uh, let's talk about the games that i've been playing recently uh, i did play the awesome adventures of captain spirit and uh, when I saw this revealed at E3, it's like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm interested, especially with it being free. I don't know if it would be something I'd buy, uh, though it is important to note that it is definitely set up as a prequel to Life is Strange 2. So I think I would have played it regardless, but it wasn't something that you know just grabbed me immediately, especially when I, I was seeing it. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's Life is Strange 2. And then, uh, no, it's, it's not that. So... Captain Spirit, it's it's a two-hour Life is Strange light game. You're seeing kind of improvements to the engine, how they interact with different uh, items in the environment, uh, and just a heart-wrenching story. Uh, man, it's, it's definitely about a kid who is trying to embrace his perception of himself as a superhero, uh, but things are not right at home, and uh, it definitely does the whole life is strange thing of of pulling at the the heartstrings uh it's neat to see the different tie-ins to the universe and uh whether it was you know locations or characters uh i, I think I'll, I'll leave those surprises for those who who like that game series uh but i think it's worth playing for free especially if you're interested in life is strange 2 which will be a 40 dollar uh, release for the full season, episode one. I think it's September 27th, if memory serves. So that's coming up. And uh, to kind of give a refresher for myself, you know, I played Captain Spirit on PS4. I had previously played 
uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Platinum that on PS4. But in 2015, I originally played Life is Strange on Xbox One. And uh, that was you know, playing that episode by episode. That was kind of like, oh, I might as well play something on Xbox One and we'll give this new series a shot. I, I played and beat it there. Loved the game. I think it was my second favorite game that year behind Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, if memory serves me correctly. And uh, yeah, love Life is Strange. But after playing Before the Storm and Captain Spirit on PS4, I'm like, you know what? I have Life is Strange through PS Plus. I might as well have a game save file and I might as well complete it platinum that game on ps4 so that's what i did this weekend and it was nice to show my wife uh, that game she had only seen through episode two and of course episode two of life is strange for those that don't know it ends on a that's a pretty big heavy moment um but some of those other cliffhangers were uh were nice to show my wife finally who w- was not spoiled and uh yeah it was it was definitely a, a good good game to go back through and re-familiarize myself with again so uh so yeah played captain spirit platinum life is strange on ps4 and then you know i I continued the narrative game experience and i beat detroit become human also on ps4 this one was important for me to finally beat because it's been more than a month since detroit become human came out and ever since getting uh, my puppy in mid-may i have hardly ever been downstairs in my entertainment setup with you know the nice 4k hdr tv and all that with the ps4 pro attached to it and i'm like i'm i'm missing opportunities to play this game well i finally got playstation uh, remote play working through my ps tv i'm like it was kind of buried in some of my tech gear and i'm like well i'm not using it to play vita games really but let's set up ps4 remote play up to the upstairs tv i can keep an eye on the dog uh, i can do all that whether you know I could play it on Vita, I suppose, but I don't have like the dual analog sticks. I don't want to use the touchpad, especially when using R2 in Detroit Become Human is really important. Uh, and so that would not have been a good solution. More thunder going on. It's it's quite the storm out there, apparently. Uh, before the storm, that's Life is Strange. We're moving on to <laughs> Detroit Become Human here. So uh, really glad to beat that game and uh, really get through that that progress because it felt like, you know, playing games is like being held up for me if I'm not able to access my PS4 and not play this game that I was certainly interested in uh, as it started. So what do I think of it? I think it's important to note that I like playing these kinds of games. Uh, You know, David Cage is certainly a polarizing figure on the internet. I do agree that he does have problems with his writing. The Marcus arc in this game not good at all. In fact, some people could say rather offensive in how it's kind of portraying civil rights, but kind of just really not being subtle with it at all and just applying it to androids in a video game. Um, but let's let's put it out there. The Connor arc in this game, surprisingly very good. Uh, I It kind of goes back to the idea for that I have where you know, if David Cage could write anything, just stick to murder mysteries. I would play a whole game of Connor solving murder mysteries and crime scenes and things like this. And the relationship with Hank, uh, you know, played by the amazing Clancy Brown, uh, that was the highlight of the game. That arc, uh, that was so, so good. Uh, Kara and her arc, uh, you know, to have that 
originally from 2013, that video running on the PS3. Uh, it's just fascinating, and I'm glad to see that kind of come through. I think it kind of tripped and stumbled on itself in the final moments. Uh, I think some people would agree on this as well. So it's not his worst written game, I would say. I think Beyond Two Souls was a bit more of a mess, uh, just when it jumps all over the place, uh, just not that cohesive. Uh, but Detroit Become Human had really standout moments, especially in the Connor arc. If you're curious how my playthrough went, huh, uh, I'm going to try to keep it vague. Uh, you know, Maybe it's something we do a spoiler cast of and had people call in and share their uh, playthrough because it's a game where for the best ending, of course, you need all three main characters to survive. And then even then, certain variables have to go just right for that best ending. You have a couple things go wrong and things unravel quickly. So, uh, for example, I had Marcus die very early. Uh, probably the earliest he could die in the game, actually, because I wanted to win hearts and minds and be non-pacifist. And that's the way that we're going to convey this to people. When androids rise up, like we will be peaceful. We will march. We will not engage in violence. And that uh, I, I did not want to, uh, <laughs> after a certain march, I did not want to engage in a couple other choices. So, yeah, that's that's where he, he bit the dust. Now, as a result, uh, there are some that talk about, oh, there's this character, North, who I, they just shoehorned him into a relationship with. Uh, North, at one point to me, was hostile because North is a very violent character and will do things by physical means. Uh, so she and I did not see eye to eye on many things for my, my Marcus arc there. As a result, with Marcus no longer being in the story, North took over and ruined everything. Uh, my Kara arc, I did things pretty much perfectly for Kara and Alice. And then things fell apart right at the end. Uh, Connor, you know, was able to kind of... Take thing. I, I think I did everything right. I, Hank was a friend. Hank and I, we were best buds. Did everything right there in the showdown. Uh, so I think those other two arcs I played really well and probably would have been on the path to that really good ending. But the way I chose my Marcus uh, kind of ruined everything. So I, I try to keep it as vague as possible there. Uh, but it, it's definitely a game that you should try if you like these kind of games uh, with the, the narrative adventure. Uh, but... It's also interesting when I look at that game and I see just it's amazing how far graphics have come. The facial capture. Uh, my wife definitely got some Uncanny Valley vibes where some moments were like, it's a little too creepy. I, I can see that. Uh, but man, like, you know, Quantic Dream always gets the most out of a system, whether it's Heavy Rain or beyond. I, this is another example. But some of the writing, though, I it's... In a way, I'm kind of glad Marcus died when he did, so I didn't have to experience some of the worst of the uh, the straight-up pilfering of certain messages. Uh, but, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, it, it may be on my top 10 games of the year uh, by year's end. I don't know. I, I'll see how many new games this year I do play. But, yeah, yeah definitely give the game a shot. And uh, fuck North. North ruined everything for me. So thanks. Thanks there. 
For games coming out this week, uh, we have only a few that are notable, and even then it's it's a rough week on the game release calendar. We start with Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered, in possibly one of the worst titles for a remastered game. July 3rd on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Of course, a, a remastering of Red Faction Guerrilla, but oh man, that pun, no good. Runbow comes out on July 3rd, that's Tuesday, to PS4 and Switch. A good indie game there, so check that one out. Then also Pocket Rumble on July 5th, uh, you know, Thursday, oddly enough, to Nintendo Switch. Uh, you may have seen Pocket Rumble in an old Nintendo Direct, or a, a Nindie Showcase, rather. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, that's about it. Uh, it's you know a few games there, but we'll wait until July 13th. July 13th will be a big one, certainly for Nintendo Switch. Uh, that will be you know Octopath Traveler. That'll be Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, you know, good week there, but this one's a little weak there. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It is a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast, as if this is any indication. Join us, call in, share whatever you have on your mind with the gaming industry. If you like a YouTube video to watch, uh, Ninja Sex Party put out a long-anticipated music video for their song, Danny Don't You Know. Uh, and man, it's it get, it get emotional. A little bit emotional. Uh, just, you know, dedicated to nerds out there that, you know, you may be going through a rough time right now, but your moment to shine is coming. Uh, starring Finn Wolfhard, you may know him from Stranger Things, a big fan of Game Grumps, so... Uh, and he is almost a spinning image for for young Dan Avedon or Danny Sexbang there. So check out that music video. It's it's a great watch. I, I highly, highly recommend it. So look for that in our show notes. Uh, yeah, good to uh, just kind of catch up on what's happening in games right now. Hopefully uh, that helped for you. Just percolating some thoughts about Google. And we'll see more as you know rumors come out or, or discussion. I mean, God, we're eventually going to be talking about the next generation in game consoles and game hardware, and that's going to be very exciting. But it'll be even better when you call in to talk about it as well. So stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops, and regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I am Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.